Hour number two, Bruce Hooley Show. Glad to have you along. We are dialing up Jack Windsor at the moment. We'll have Jack with us uh, momentarily. Lots and lots and lots of testimony yesterday on Capitol Hill about the issue of men playing girls' sports, Leah Thomas, transgenderism, on and on and on and on. We'll have more on the testimony, but right out of the top, I discovered a new conservative hero yesterday. His name is Wesley Hunt. He is a Texas congressman, and Wesley, like me, has daughters, and um, I think maybe you have to have daughters to feel the passion uh, that matches Wesley Hunt's on this particular issue. I can assure you that my four-year-old and my two-year-old daughters will not change in front of biological men. This is ridiculous. I don't care what party you are a part of. If you think that we're all equal and the same, biologically, you've literally lost your mind. And when my two daughters work hard in the sport, work hard in their craft to be the best that they can be amongst other women, they will compete against other women. I owe Victoria and Olivia and every other young lady in this country that. If you think I'm wrong, I am not the problem. I can assure you. We yeah, have an opportunity a, in this country to get this right in 2024 so we can stop all of this foolishness. That is some hot fire from Wesley Hunt. Uh, he's a proud girl dad. So am I. So is my next guest. He's Jack Windsor, the Ohio Press Network. Jack, Wesley Hunt, not mincing words right there. Bruce, I just got goosebumps. Uh, he's spot on. Listen, I was talking to somebody earlier in the week, a mother, and uh, pardon me for being very frank here and, and maybe too gross for the radio, but I'm just going to call it like the conversation went. She said, look, when my kids were born, uh, there was something in me that said I would kill a grizzly bear. I would kill anybody that harmed them. Yeah. And I think what the left has misunderstood is that we're biologically hardwired, at least those of us who are sane and responsible, to protect our children. And I would, I would stand on a mountaintop and reiterate exactly what Hunt just said. If you think that you're going to put my daughter in that predicament and there aren't going to be consequences, that is the definition of insanity in my book. Yeah, totally agree. Totally agree. And that to me, Jack, is is also a big part uh, of why I'm a proponent of state issue one. For me, that is an mm-hmm. issue uh, that is uh, about protecting children, unborn children. Uh, people say, you know, it has a lot of ramifications beyond abortion, and it does, uh, but it's always hurled at the... Uh, those of us who are proponents of raising the standard for amending the Constitution to 60 percent, that, oh, this is an abortion issue. This is an abortion issue. Uh, I want to uh, ask you if you heard yesterday the Cleveland mayor at a Cleveland City Club talk about, hey, you know, it's really important that we defeat state issue one because then we can get other things through like, hey, maybe an amendment to, uh, you know, common sense gun control. I was like, whoa, so you mean you guys have mm-hmm. ulterior motives, too? Yeah, I think that sometimes it's really interesting. There are two separate issues. I will agree with you in part and and disagree with you in some part, Um, but be patient with me on that. I think issue one is absolutely about protecting the Constitution. If you go back to 2017, I think it was even the Columbus Dispatch, they wrote something along the lines of, look, the Constitution shouldn't be the place that we hang things um, that can't pass the legislature. And the reason things can't pass the legislature, by the way, is they, they go through a rigorous uh, committee process, they go through floor debate, and people have roll call votes, and they can be held responsible for those votes. And so in the absence of strong enough support, what happens is people craft broad, overly broad, or 
just crazy language, and then they pitch it to something as something else to Ohioans. And so that's the problem. Some things that have no business even being on the law books, or maybe should be on the law books, end up being in the Constitution. And so that's really what issue one is about. And when people say, look, why would we increase the threshold to 60%? The United States Constitution takes 66% of Congress, 75% of Mm -hmm. states. And just go down the list of groups who are opposed to issue one. All of their constitutions and bylaws take 60 to 66% to amend. So why wouldn't we, to protect our Constitution, call for broad support, 60%, and make sure that if people even want to get an initiative on the ballot, that a fraction, let's say 5% of the registered voters who voted in the last gubernatorial election, would have to sign the petition from all 88 counties. And, and that's what really issue one is about. Now, fast forward, is it also about November? Absolutely. It's about that. It's about minimum wage. It's about gun control. It's yep. about marijuana. And, and the list goes on. Um, but it, it really does go part and parcel, Bruce. So you're spot on about that. Yeah, I just don't think it should be that easy to amend the Constitution. I mean, I, I agree with you. All the other examples, uh, this is very common to require a stiffer standard to amend the state's Constitution. The Constitution's got to mean something. And uh, mm-hmm. that's I think this is a this is a procedure or this is a policy that I think makes good common sense. Two things can be true at once. It can be a policy that makes good common sense and also a policy that was meant to slide in front of the attempt to ensconce abortion into Ohio law, which we've already uh, we've already addressed abortion in Ohio law with the heartbeat bill, which is done according to the procedures of the state, by its elected representatives who enacted the heartbeat bill, and we got one activist judge who's stopping that from being enforced. Yeah, and so kind of toggling over to the November issue then, you're spot on. So what people don't recognize about November, and I'm going to back into it that way, is that I'm sick and tired. I just read another article, and it's on MSN, and it's some, you know, you name it, one of the Marxist newspapers in Ohio, right? There, there are too many to name now. And it indicates that November is about enshrining abortion. No, it's not. Most Ohioans actually believe, even even conservatives, that abortion to some degree should be legal. And if it endangers the mother's life, then it should be on you know the punch list of options. The problem is what's happening in November would allow abortion to birth for matters of convenience. It would allow minors to abort children and gender transition without parental knowledge or consent. But it's not pitched that way. And therein lies the problem, Bruce, with a 50 percent low threshold to amend the Constitution. I genuinely believe that most Ohioans, if they understood what November was about, they would vote it down. But guess who's carrying the water for Planned Parenthood, mm-hmm. ACLU, teachers unions? It's, it's the mainstream media. It's the guys, that, and guys, guys and women that you used to work with. Yep. These are the people who, are, who refuse to tell the truth. And then when they get questioned on it, they divert or, you know bring up some point that isn't even true. Uh, and so, you know, we're really kind of in a pickle. So August, August 8th is one is super important. I'm a strong yes. I am too. I'm a strong yes and a strong no in November. Absolutely. Jack Windsor, theohiopressnetwork.com, our guest. Subscribe to his site, theohiopressnetwork.com, and follow him on Twitter at Jack Windsor. I know that your site would not report the out-of-state contributions, the way the dispatch did today, where they lead with the $4 million contribution from an Illinois billionaire. And then when you get down into the body of the story, you find out that the proponents of, uh, are actually the proponents of abortion, the ones who want to uh, vote down issue one, they have outraised 
the pro-issue one uh, faction by a three to one margin and outspent them so far by an eight or nine to one margin. If that were reversed, the dispatch would be, oh, look at this. They got all this money from out of state. They highlight a single contribution when it points out how greatly outspent the effort to pass issue one has been. Yeah, you know, it's, it's, uh, gosh, I don't even know how you say it. It's, it, you can lie with statistics. Yep. We, we found that through COVID. Um, but, you know, where, were, where are these guys talking about people like Bill Gates, who knows zero about medicine, but wants us to all get a jab or wants us to create, you know, start imbibing synthetic foods? Um, you know, and, and then there's the, I just forgot his name, uh, you know, the, the, the notorious hedge fund manager who's a, who's a Marxist who funds just about every you know, left-wing movement. Yeah, George Soros. Yeah. We don't hear much about him no, we don't. from the mainstream. And by the way, uh, let's talk about unions. Unions yeah. collect money from their members, and when they give it to political campaigns, 97% of it goes to Democrats, progressives, what I would call Marxists. Well, here you, you go. You don't read that story. Of the, of the $14.8 raised by those who want to vote issue one down, $1 million comes from the National Education Association, the NEA, and $1 million comes from the Ohio Education Association, the teachers' union, who cries all the time about their teachers not being paid enough and how tough their teachers have it. They got a million dollars lying around to give to a special election ballot issue in August. How much money must they have in their bank balance if they can toss a million dollars at this? Bruce, I talked to State Senator Andrew Brenner about this issue a couple of weeks back. The number escapes me, but I want to say it's something like $94 million. <laughs> it might uh. be a billion. It's, it's a crazy number that, that schools have on reserve. And uh, the treasurer of the Ohio Department of Education actually said, look, we have double what we had a decade ago. Schools have money. And how they choose to spend their money, that's really on them. As taxpayers, we should be going, what's the return on my investment? And I don't think that um, you know, money going to these types of radical movements are things that taxpayers stand behind. Um, but you know, then again, um, schools, I have yep. to quickly get, get got, around this. We're out of time. I hate that, Jack, because you're always uh, great to have on. Thanks so much, my yeah. friend. Bruce, God bless you. Thank you. Appreciate Jack Windsor coming on the show. It's great to have uh, Jack back with us. And I apologize that we uh, ran out of time, never have too much time or not enough time to talk with uh, Jack. Uh, read him, theohiopressnetwork.com, theohiopressnetwork.com. Uh, Justin Bibb is the mayor of Cleveland, and I referred to a soundbite uh, that he uh, spoke yesterday at the Cleveland City Club. The opponents of issue one in the state of Ohio, which would raise the standard for passing a constitutional amendment to 60% approval. You put a constitutional amendment on the ballot right now, if it gets 50% plus one, it passes. We would like to raise it. Those of us who are pro-life, those of us who understand that it should be more difficult to amend your state constitution, should be more difficult than just passing a law in the legislature. We know that the left lies about everything, and one of the things they're lying about is that 
oh, we don't have an ulterior motive in keeping the standard at 50% plus one. No, no, we're not going to do anything down the road that you guys might oppose, and so we want to keep the standard at 50% because that's easier to meet than 60%. Well, uh, Justin Bibb yesterday was speaking about his opposition to issue one, and he let the cat out of the bag. We can use our real political power to change the, the culture of guns in this state. It starts by voting no on issue one, by the way, uh, to make sure we can maybe put a ballot measure on our state constitution to have common sense gun reform. Oh, really? Maybe put a ballot measure on to have common sense gun reform. So you can't get that done in the Ohio State House, but you might be able to get it done with a constitutional amendment where you get all the wacko college kids and other idiots out there who would believe the lies you would tell them in a media campaign funded by the anti-gun lobby. I could see how you could get that done. So this is another reason why you should vote for issue one. If you're pro-Second Amendment, you should vote for issue one. Now, you shouldn't be surprised at this point that the Democrats uh, care nothing about truth. But... It's a much, 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 much bigger problem when people who are supposed to be dedicated to telling the truth, sharing the truth, growing the truth, and there is no truth more resounding than the truth that leads to or can lead to eternal life. Through Christ's sacrifice at the cross, the redemption that his blood offers, that is the gospel message. I would assume that that is why parochial schools started in the United States, to educate, of course, but also to grow the gospel, to further the kingdom of God. That is how the Ivy League schools all started. Yes, I know it's hard to believe it right now, but Harvard, Brown, Princeton, Yale, Columbia, Penn, they all started as Christian schools, parochial schools. Not so much anymore. Well, eventually, what takes over in one place will filter down to another. Catholic schools in the United States, there are a lot of good ones. But the left is not going to leave them alone. Why would they? They've made inroads in culture in virtually every area. We had congressional testimony yesterday from whack jobs who think that it's just fine to let biological men undress in women's spaces and compete against girls in girls' sports. They're girls' sports because they involve girls, except these sports don't involve girls all the time because if a boy says he's a girl, then in the minds of idiots like Jerry Nadler and other Democrats, they are girls. But I took note of a story today out of Portland, Oregon, one of the wokest states out there. The bishop in Portland issued guidelines for the coming school year, a 17-page paper, His name is Alexander Sample of what will be expected of students in his archdiocese if they are attending a Catholic school. Here's what it said. Here's the operative phrase in it. Names, pronouns, facilities use, attire, and sports participation should depend upon biological sex identity rather than self-perceived gender identity. In other words... What we call you, your name, how we refer to you, 
he, him, she, her, which bathrooms you can use, what you can wear to school, and which sports you play will be dependent upon your biological sex rather than your self-perceived gender identity. Up until about what? Two years ago? (laughs) This would have been a statement that no one would have raised an eyebrow at. But since Joe Biden took over, oh, the crazies are in charge. We got wacky Sam Brinton wearing dresses and putting forward his puppy fetish and stealing luggage. We got a man who's the first tra- who's the first female four-star admiral. Catholic schools. This is controversial. Here's a mom. Here's a mom in Portland opposed to these Standards. I don't probably can't find her on my array. Here she is. Here's the Portland mom. If all of a sudden there's this line in the sand and no longer can my kid be referred to as their identity, then we'll have to leave. There's two operative words in that soundbite. The first word and the last word. If there's a line in the sand, yes, yes. There is a line in the sand. You cannot go to a parochial school and also indulge your mental delusion. Not a good parochial school, not an authentic parochial school. And the last word was leave. Yes, that is your option. You have it. Take it. If you go to a parochial school, why are you going? Why are you going? Why do you send? Why do I send my kids to a Christian school? Why? Because I want not just a Christian education, but I want a biblical worldview on issues of the day and how the Bible integrates, how truth integrates into all subjects as they grow in their faith and in their knowledge. And knowledge and faith are not opposing things. They are interwoven with each other. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, but fools despise Fear of the Lord is beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and discipline. And then elsewhere in Proverbs, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. But this is the left. They try to eat away and eat away and eat away. And they win in the public schools. And then they go, okay, I'm not full yet. What can we, what can we consume next? Oh, let's go get the Christian schools.